It's go time for the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, General Nick, and yours truly, Nick Kiprios, for the next two hours. Going to be a good good show today. I don't know, I'm I feel, feeling it. I feel underdressed Well, today. I'm, I'm sorry you guys did not get the memo today. <laughs> Um, prom, like a, you look like a million bucks, bud. Well, I don't know about a million. You look really Canadian good, yeah. or U.S.? Uh, Canadian. League minimum at the very... <laughs> Tonight after the show, I will be uh, joining the Toronto Maple Leafs for a night with the blue and white. Brought mm-hmm. to you by Rogers, of course. Mm. Yeah. And uh, all proceeds going to the MLSE Foundation. Just a quick shout out to this foundation because... They do an unbelievable job closing in, I guess, on $75 million. Ooh. That's money that's been raised uh, and going right back into Ontario. Uh, they do an amazing job of empowering youth and changing lives, building facilities, and uh, playing a small part with the uh, Leaf alumni tonight nice. uh, on, a, on what should be a great night. Now, will you be... Dealing a little three-card Monty tonight. To, yeah. Uh, what am I expecting? Yeah, it, yeah. it has got a casino kind of Rory, uh, Rory, Rory, no, uh, what is it, 20s? Roaring, roaring 20s. 20s. Roaring 20s. I thought you were saying Roaring Roy Macro. No, no. But you heard uh, it here so first, Macro. I don't know. I may be watching over a couple of crap tables. Listen, you got to get the money out of the people's pockets somehow, and if that's what you got to do, you do it. Well, hide all the aces in the deck and play blackjack. Keep well, wherever your you're watching and listening, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6, uh, we're glad you are with us on this edition, uh, Leaf edition hour of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Of course, we're going to get into the details of what we saw last night between the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs, but uh, you got to start with the biggest story of last night, and that is, of course, Ilya Samsonov, uh, Posting his second shutout of the season, 32 saves. And since coming back from his stint, his break, mm-hmm. his demotion, I don't know what you want to call it, clearing waivers, he's gone 2-1 and one with a 1.31 goals against average and a save percentage of 944. Now, mm-hmm. small sample size, but raise your hands. Whoever saw this coming? Mm, no, not going to be raising mine. You? My hand is firmly by yeah. my side, yeah. fellas. No, no, uh, not at all. And okay, listen, then raise your hand if you believe again. Well, that's a bigger conversation. <laughs> okay, all right, well, let's have that. Okay, and you that's can't not really just, answer that with a hand. <laughs> that might not be just a yes or no, right. Quick answer here, uh, but uh, you want to go to his. Soundbite first before we dive into this, or do you want to have a, a few thoughts yourself? No, right no, now? let's get the human vibe out of the gates here. All right, for our first Kipper's Clipper, let's give it to the uh, man of the hour last night, uh, goaltender Ilya Samsonov. Clip one. Jeopardy music, please. And uh, you got it, Sammy? I'm just, uh, do we. Do you want me to read it? No, I think we have it, don't we? Derek, is it not in... Uh... Oh, maybe I put it in the wrong. Okay, carry on. All right. Okay, it's really just summing up three words. No, here. Which is? Uh, Sammy, am I going to... Uh, it should be in the folder there for you now, Derek. And uh, you should be able to let her rip. All right. 
try this again. I mean, I can't uh, look this yeah. good you know, like, and not have the clip. How I said, you know, like, I almost cry, you know, like, it's, all the time is fancy, it's loud, you know, like, uh, it's important for me, you know, like, a uh, long time I didn't listen to this, yeah, and, yeah, this is huge, you know, like, uh, thank you, thank you again for all the fans. It's really hard not to have a soft spot for this guy. I agree. I agree. He's a really genuine guy in these interviews. Like, and he seems to be trying to say the right things. Uh, he even, you know, when asked about like the big save, the two on zero, he was like, "I just try to stay in the moment." You know, he's saying all the right things, but I almost cried. Is a nice little. Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. Yeah, I think it's easy to feel this way now when he's playing well. Right. You know, like I don't think anyone was feeling like, oh, you know, it's nice to good for him feeling good for him when he's playing like crap. I, I don't think I could talk out both sides yeah. of my mouth. Like, I was never going to miss him again if they never played him again. <laughs> I right? would say, but we've always enjoyed his candor. For sure, candor. his candor. And yeah. I, the one thing I do respect the most from Samsonov is his, you know, and some people get bent out of shape about media people talking, about athletes talking to the, the media. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it, English isn't his first language, and regardless of the situation, if they ask him to go in front of the media... He goes out there and he does it. Yeah. And it's not his first language. And he clearly, like, the way he talks, and he just gets through it. He does it. He looks you in the eye. tells you what. Like, that does matter to me. Yeah. So that part of it I get. But, you know, I wouldn't uh, He probably wouldn't be talking this way if he wasn't. If he gave up six <laughs> yeah, last anyways, night. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. What is clear out of the get-go since his return is just his demeanor. His physical presence in that looks much different than what we've seen coming out of training camp, and then the battle to regain that look that he had last year, losing the net, yeah. uh, not square to the shooter. Well, uh, the you know, Kip, the, we talked about, like, the over-pushing that he was doing, like, over, you know, desperation, whatever. Great example is the 2 on save, where the first one, and he's pushing across to make it, typically, you know, when he was playing poorly, he'd have pushed himself into the corner, and he wouldn't be near the crease to make the second save. So... As much as the 2 on 0 is a little bit of luck involved, that's, I mean, a pretty good tactical save. He stayed in the net. What happened down there? On that play? No. Oh, just in, for him to fix it. For him to be gone for, what was it, a week? Mm-hmm. And come out, like, is it just the mental health getting away from the whole situation? Well, yeah. It, is that it, what it is? Well, first of all, like, I'm the first one to sit there and say the one thing that I question is, are the Toronto Maple Leafs going about this the right way to, to, to put them in the minors, to have them clear waivers. Of course, for all of us who have experienced that, and I have, the number one thing there is how do you handle it? Where is your ego checked in all of this? Right. And some guys can dig themselves deeper into a hole and then some guys can get themselves out. So, you know, I, I tip my hat off to the Leafs or, or their coaching staff or whoever's behind those decisions to say, as of now, at least it looks like you made the right decision that you just had to get him in a place between his ears, more importantly, on anything technical or physical. Now, let me just play devil's advocate here and say, you know, the last two games he's played where he's played very well, he played Seattle without Seattle's best players, and Seattle's mm-hmm. not a very good offensive team. Winnipeg Jets, pretty good offensive team, but they're without their best offensive players, and Shifley, Morrissey for most of the game, Velarde. So mm-hmm. you're playing two very neutered offenses. He made some great saves, not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying, 
it's not the same as playing Vancouver, Edmonton, Boston, Florida. Fair, very fair. And to me, I, you know, you answer that question about raise your hand if you think he's back. And like, I am not even close to ready to go there. No. But I think what you can kind of sell yourself on is that he's back enough that he can be a capable NHL goaltender where it's like, Mm. You know, yeah. you get him, you can have a 905 save percentage and just be like around league average as right. opposed to the literal worst goalie in the league. Okay. Yeah, yes, Let's true. go to Sheldon Keefe on his thoughts on Ilya Samsonov. Clip two, Derek. Perfect. You know, it was, uh, was excellent from, from start to finish. So, you know, it was, he was good uh, early in the game when they were shooting the puck from everywhere on the sides and, and, uh, uh, he was great there, and then he was obviously great when you know the the few high end chances that they had. He was he was terrific. So, just another building block for him, where he just looks uh, as confident as ever. So, I've got an article up on Sportsnet.ca. Some Leaf thoughts. You can't have Leaf thoughts article without talking about Samsonov. And here was the conclusion I reached there. You know, with Samsonov, you're trying to get to the point where you can consider keeping him in the NHL on your roster going to playoffs. That's the ceiling for him. Can you keep him around? And I'll say this about him. Joseph Wool is, is injury prone. And this team, if they're going to win a round or two, is going to have to get white hot goaltending. Like just the way they currently are, they're not good enough to not win without getting really good goaltending. Samsonov's ceiling is high. And this is a reminder that the best version of him is a very good goalie. Some guys can't get to these levels. So as a backup, if Wool were to get hurt... I don't hate the idea of having a guy who could go in and get hot for you. I don't disagree with you, especially when you ask yourself the question of what's your alternative. Right. And the answer is nothing. Well, Marty Jones will give you his, he'll stop most of the pucks, but nothing like Samsonov's unbelievable game. If, 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 if you, if you can get more looks like you did last night, then it's not even a contest. Between yeah. Martin Jones and Ilya Samsonov. Which is crazy, right? Like two weeks ago, Jones was a 930 for the Leafs or whatever, and this guy was I in know, the minors. But, it's, but, but it's Jones, almost like goaltending's super volatile. Right. But, but you, you, you've always known that about Martin Jones that, uh, or, or Reimer or some of these other guys that have been around a long time now that they've got windows where they can hit high levels for two weeks, mm-hmm. but they always come back to earth. Always. Yeah. You know, do you think Samsonov is different in that he could sustain it? I, I, it, it the, the feeling when you made an offer him to him to to stay, and he ends up signing the qualify at three plus three two, is that he is more capable of looking like a number one goalie in the NHL. Mm. So they've waited a long time for him to get back to that place. He's off to a good start since coming uh, from his stint with the Marlies. So. He's going to get that that chance once more moving and, forward. Yeah, and like, you know, your mojo in the crease kind of works like a like your golf game, right? Like sometimes you're yeah. not sure what's different. You just kind of have it. Yeah. And the like only, right now. Yeah, the only thing that I'm, I'm reminded of here is, and I used to do this when I played, like I could look at every one of my teammate or I can judge from afar on anyone else and just go, High maintenance, low maintenance, mm-hmm. right? And I, you love the low maintenance guys. Samsonov's an incredibly high maintenance so. guy. Look what you've had to do. 
to yeah, get him here. Yeah, but that's about his performance, right? Like, no, it's about everything. Yeah. It's just about getting him to a place where you, you hope that you didn't need so much of an effort yeah. to get him there. Saying the right things, giving him breaks, giving him days off, uh, all of it. It's just he's a high-maintenance guy. And just think about the work that he's had to do now. Can he hold it? Can he hold it? Like, there's some guys that can just hit high levels, yeah. and you just don't have to worry about them. You don't have to yeah. stroke them. You don't have to kick them in the ass. They just go out there, and they just can do it. Yes. Yay, Morgan is, Riley. Is, is, can Samsonov now be kind of just, you know, left alone, or is he a guy that you got to constantly remind yeah. to, to focus, the to ultimate. not let bad thoughts coming uh, into your head? Can yeah. Or you, is he fine now, right? It's the ultimate, like, is Samsonov high maintenance or low maintenance? I think the answer to that question is, do you know who Hanu Toivonen is? You do? Okay, then he's high maintenance. You know, like, the fact that I know that name, which is the AHL goaltending coach's name, yeah. like, that's, it's become a story with this guy. So, yeah, he, he's taken yeah. a little bit of... And that's probably why, you know, on the other side of that is why Martin Jones keeps getting chances with these teams where he's not that great. Right. Because he's Never low maintenance. Him. Does his job. Goes yeah. in there and he's like, you know, he's not going to be great, but... He's not going to be you know, coming off the ice like it's he's on death's doorstep every time he has a bad this game. Right. This isn't something that uh, has just dropped on the Leafs' lap here. If you've watched Samsonov's career mm-hmm. and what has had happened in Washington, yeah. if I had asked anybody in the Washington organization, is Samsonov high maintenance or low maintenance? What do you think they would say? Yeah, yeah, he's here. He's here in Toronto. For they a let him go. Yeah. First round. They pick. let him walk out the door yeah. as a unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Nobody. No, well, he was a restricted free agent, and they, they non-tendered him, right? Like he, that's that's yeah, what makes yeah, you an unrestricted yeah, yeah. free agent, yeah. right? When you don't get yeah. tendered, mm. you become a f- free to a walk out the term. door. Baseball term, maybe yeah. I'm getting bleeding in here. No, but anyways, no. Yeah. They did not qualify yeah. him, which yeah. made him free to leave. Yeah. That's signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. But you know, if he can just now, if the Leafs can now just not worry about him moving forward and you feel like he's off and running, then that's great. Yeah. But if this is going to be an ongoing thing, then it, it, it gets difficult. It, it, it sucks a lot of energy out of you. I, well, it just might have to because you don't know that Joseph Wall is going to come back and be great either. So. I, I'm far from convinced. Yeah. I'll say right now. Like, I loved but, last night. thought he was excellent. So clearly it's progress Yeah, since he's come up. And you want him to go on Saturday, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How can you not? All right. Uh, Samsonov, of course, uh, saying last night that uh, he almost cried uh, from from the reaction to the from the fans. So That's I asked you, did uh, did 19 other guys almost make Lee fans cry last night? Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't say Sheldon loves all of it. Do you want to start with the coach <laughs> yeah. here and get his take? Let's sure. The, the, Let's uh, do that. Overview of the game, please. Clip one. We couldn't execute a pass. We didn't have a lot of life. Didn't have a lot of energy. Didn't have a lot of legs. Um, oh. You know, like you know, now that we've now that we've won the game and everything, like I to me it looked like a team that was still on the plane and still on the West Coast. Like that's what it looked and felt like. You talk about it, right? I, I think that's a little overblown that whole thing, but sometimes it does catch up to you, and and uh, that's what it looked like here tonight. So we get out of here with two points. Um, liked how we did stay with it, and you know we had to kill some penalties there at the end and uh, find a way to get the second point. Um, get out of here. We'll get uh, 
three sleeps before we can uh, before we play again and, and uh, expect us to be a lot better, as I'm sure they will be when they get in their building. He's talking about I think that can be overblown. I think he's talking about the theory that teams coming off a long road trip come home and usually pee down their leg a little bit. Yeah. But they did a little bit. I mean, him saying that he doesn't, <laughs> him saying he doesn't really subscribe to that theory is pretty rich because well, the Leafs exclusively it. do it. Yeah. They've done it. They do it every trip. Yeah. I know a ton of teams do, but the Leafs specifically feel like they do it every single time, and they did it like that first period last night. You know, shot 16-4 in the first. It wasn't even the shot total to me. Yeah. It was just the carelessness with the puck, the turnovers. For the first 10 minutes, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I bet you they had 10 turnovers in the first 10 minutes. Let's see. The game one, yeah, the first period, the high danger chances, they they created one. So to me, that was part of the story was that the Leafs, when they don't have their legs, they just can't create at the other end. So, yeah, you're on your heels a lot, but they just got nothing going offensively. Today I wrote my article in the uh, Toronto Star today talking about uh, the Leafs and where they are and how it's looking like they're kind of just caught in the middle a little bit here on maybe forecasting the tough decisions that have to be made, I think, from a management team. But the, the other thing I wrote is it's like watching a, a cartoon character with a, a leaky boat. Yeah. Stick his finger in one hole only to see another one yeah. <laughs> come up. For sure. And it's almost the feeling like that coming out of the game last night is, wow, we got our goaltending thing going and now we can't do this. Yeah, you know, it's you're, you're not wrong. I think that's the hockey season. I know the best teams have seasons, you know, where it's like it's relatively smooth. But for most teams, it's a little bit of plug the hole as you go sort of thing. You know, they they eke one out against a pretty good team last night. The big thing, Kevin, you're talking about holes. And Sam, I thought you had a really good sort of quote tweet. Kevin Papetti had the tweet about the depth yeah. scoring. And like, you know, you're looking for depth scoring in this team. You cannot pay Bertuzzi and Tavares $16.5 million to get no goals for the last three weeks. It's like, been no goals in 13 for Bertuzzi and no goals Read, read the 10. whole list for their depth So scoring. Yeah, so this is from Kevin Papetti. It's a good tweet. Camp has zero goals in his last 19 games. Gregor has zero goals in his last 17. Nye's zero and 14. Bertuzzi, zero and 13. Tavares, zero and 10. Yarncroc, zero and nine. Domi, zero and six. And one in his last 16. Yeah, that's not a good how'd list. They, how'd they won any games? How'd they won ever? And so you talk about the hole you're trying to plug. Like, now it's an offensive thing where it's like, I know some of those guys can and play offensively, but the boy. Whole, the whole shift in the offseason was from, like, the more defensive grunt bottom six to having, like, the more offensively-minded bottom six yeah. when you bring in guys like Bertuzzi, who's not supposed to be bottom six, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, Domi, Domi Gregor. Gregor, these yeah. kind of guys, and it's they're giving them nothing. So then... Enter Nick Robertson, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, we're going to tie into the Nick Robertson conversation uh, around the second biggest story of the night after Samsonov, and that is the benching of the stars. Yeah. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe first on that. Obviously, they, they make mis- they make a mistake in that in that spot, and you know it's a chance for me to hold them accountable and, and get some other guys involved to go out and, and do the job for us. But those guys have, as we all know, those guys are, are uh, have been excellent for us and they carry the mail a lot of times for us. And um, tonight I made a mistake and, and others had, had to get a chance. They've been excellent for us and they're, they're my friends and I like them. And they I made a mistake. Like and it's all good and we're all good, right? Everyone's cool. We're all cool. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's overdoing that? Shouldn't he just say, listen, uh, 
That's what's going to happen from here on in. Yeah, we're going to play Retired. Rick Talking clip later in the show. Yeah. They stunk. They were bad. We put them back on the ice because they're I, good, usually. And I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you, I loved you, it. You guys know I've been calling for this for a very long time. I know. I know. And it was the perfect opportunity when they got the power play right away after. Yeah. And he's just like, you're not going out there. Yeah. And I, I texted multiple people quickly. I'm like, there's no way that first unit can start. They didn't start. It was a good call. And then when Holmberg comes over the boards, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. it was – It should. here's what I'll say. It shouldn't be this stunning that this far into the whatever Keefe tenure they that, missed that, that they power. missed the power play. Yeah. But it was stunning. I just – I don't understand that – why it's taken them this long. Mm-hmm. And like, – I agree. Can, can you – like – is half a season enough now to train them to be more accountable when they've been absolutely running his show for the last four years? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, but it is a better late than never, you know. Like, yes, it may. I agree that it would have been better sooner, but like they, uh, Willie gets to do whatever he wants out there. No argument. No argument. I, Which is such, not much. He's such for the last a, little he's while. Such a touchy topic because, like. You know, I think back to the Vancouver game to the absolute non-back check on Garland. And did we work the next night against Seattle? And he gets passed by Riley and the guy yeah. Riley's trying to catch on the back check. Like, there, yeah. he has this tendency to his game, right? But this is, again, for the, for the guys last night, that's a, a minute and 50 on a power play yeah. where you're dead dog tired, but you want to go down one more time yeah. to, to... And we're, we're going to hear from Drew Doughty, and you know what how I feel about uh, getting your cookies Mm -hmm. that's just a a sign that you want to stay out there and get your points yeah and just i i do want to say that like none of the two on oh conversation happens i know everyone's mad that matthews and marner changed um which i don't have those two in the same matthews changed marner was the one that knocked it out of the air that slowed it down well he did and then he went to the bench after that the um you know, the Matthews change I actually had no problem with. They're, they're, they dumped it in the offensive no, zone. They're in on the four check. He's getting not, off the ice. It's not the change. No, it's not the change. It's the minute and 50. Of course it is. I totally, totally yeah. agree. And so I'm saying, people are saying, oh, they, these guys didn't back check. They changed. It's the shift length, which is ridiculous, which their coach was all over them about well, right away. The, the the gif, I did some some mouth reading. Yeah. If you, if, two if effing you, minutes. If you, two minutes. Yeah. Two effing minutes. And we're going to give that... Poop up. Yeah. Yeah. With some uh, redacted comments. There. So, again, it's the time of the, the power play where there was nothing happening. And Connor Timmons. Is, where was he going? Uh, where is he going? Where were you going? He's the only defenseman on the ice. There's multiple players in front of him. And he's just slowly creeping forward towards a puck like it's a one by three inch black hole. You what know, would like, you say you do here? And you know what happened? If, if he, those guys aren't there, they just successfully ice it or he's playing a two-on-one at worst. It's brutal from Timmons. You know, if they can just score in the first minute on a power play, you know, they could avoid all of this. Sure. What, is, what is wrong with this power play that should look yeah, like Colorado's or yeah. Tampa Bay's? Why are they running a power play where Morgan Riley is in the corner? What are we? What is that? Yeah, you know we talked about could should Bertuzzi uh, replace Tavares? Why don't you just if you're not going to use Morgan as a defenseman, you're just going to tuck him in the corner to try to play well, plays? Well, taking the puck out of Mitch Marner's hands. Listen, we're we're going back to just put five forwards. 
Yeah, give up more two on-os. <laughs> well, I don't know. You're, I, you're not scoring. I uh, by the way, I don't think they should go five forwards. I just yeah. think Morgan, if he's going to be out there, should play the top. I think it, you got to go back to, like, the reason why you went and got Klingberg. Because you thought he could come in and take over a power play from that back end. Yeah. And I'm okay with the idea that if you want that so badly that Nylander can be it, but then you just have to go five forwards. Uh, to me, uh, watching it, it's just, you know, there's a lot of things where they're trying to reinvent the wheel, yeah. which I don't agree with. I mean, with Riley being in all these different weird spots, but there's just no urgency. Yeah. They're like, they, these guys know they're going to be out there the full two minutes, and there's just no, there's no speed to it. There's no pace to it. Mm-hmm. It's just, wow. we're going to be out here for two minutes. Let's, well, let's work for our chance. Create two Listen. units. We yeah. know we know when it comes to Morgan Riley, uh, you you love him mm-hmm. for so many good reasons. But one of one of one of them is not that he's got this cannon of a shot, mm-hmm. and he's just going to overpower you like a Bouchard in Edmonton. They don't have that guy. Nor do I think he's an elite distributor from there. Well, I don't think anybody's a elite distributor right now, uh, with the exception of Marner. We we continue to see Marner make great passes. I don't think he gets enough touches on the power play to do his thing. There's sometimes I look up and he's, he's trying to screen a goalie or d- have a deflection. I'm like, put that's, him at the top. That's not I, where. Sure. That's I, not where I want Ma- M- Marner. Marner should touch touch the puck two to one of the, everyone else on the power play. So so now if if Marner's standing in front of the net waiting to redirect something, who is the elite passer then? again, you know how I felt about this for a long time, is that between Tavares and and uh, Matthews and, and now Willie, who wants to shoot the puck every chance he gets. Mm-hmm. What was that one, that wrister from the top of the circle, right? The, I'm like, what if, are you? It's so, not, we, we don't need that. So if everybody's <laughs> got a shoot-first mentality, who's passing the puck? Yeah, it's Morgan and Mitch, supposed to, There's right? just It just doesn't look as... Like remotely as crisp as Nathan McKinnon, Rantanen, Kucherov, Brady Braden Point. Like they should be moving the puck like them. Yeah, I mean it's not something they have done well. They are great shooters, and their power play has been in the top of the second last year, maybe even first a year before that. Like they've had success with this. It's never looked consistent, and there are times when we can watch a power play and go. they did everything but put the puck in the net. Yeah, but also, Kip, it has been shut down it's in the them. playoffs. So not last year. They were decent yeah. first round yeah. against Tampa Bay. But in previous years, it had yeah. shut down badly. But, but good power plays, they they already know what they're going to do with the puck before they get the puck. Yeah. And that's not written in stone because you got to make necessary adjustments on the coverage. But it just seems like everybody has that if I get the puck – my first thought is to shoot, and if it and if it's not there, then now I'm really going to think about my options. Well, yeah, and then it's you're right. Then it's just and like, it's give like it to it's, someone else. It's just too slow. Yeah. Now you're dusting it off, yeah. and now you're giving the uh, the PK a, an additional second to make adjustments, and and then it looks like molasses. Not to mention coming down a tree. The entries, which is a lot of like trying to force pucks back to a drop when you just got to take what's given to you and go forward. And they, did make, they did make an adjustment on that in this Later game. In the game yep. When they have they had 15 turnovers trying to turn it back when every team knows that's coming. Right. Um, yeah. We have Sheldon actually on the power play. Why don't we get the coach's thoughts? 
today is not a good day for me to assess anything. Because I just, it was just not, it's just, we were not ourselves today. That's why all I can go to, because I, I, all I can go to is the travel and the, the road trip and all those kind of things coming back home here. Is it because, um, you know, I, I thought uh, even through Vancouver and Seattle, like those last two games, like we were far more connected, not, not necessarily in the power play, but just our overall game. Today, Coming off of yesterday's practice, I thought the power play looked great. I thought it did really good work with Key yesterday. I thought the power play looked great. I was actually excited to watch the power play today uh, because of the work that they had put in yesterday. Um, but once I saw how we were playing in the game, I wanted nothing to do with the power play because I had a feeling it was going to look like that, unfortunately. I got to tell you, okay. I love that assessment. But, but what I love how he put that, that he covered the, both sides? No, I, that he said, we just... That's not us. This is sometimes you have to know what games just throw away and be like, that's not how we're typically going to look. I think he should uh, come down harder on the power play. Yeah, I do. If you're, if you're already there with their length of shifts, then go all in and just say what you don't like about it and what needs, I I mean, within reason, Mm -hmm. but don't, I don't know. To sit there and say that there's, there's something that you like about that power play to me. No, he liked the way they practiced. Going into the game. And he loved to mention Guy's name. Yeah, he, he did kind of submarine old Guy. He said, I thought they were working great with Guy, yeah. who does this power play. <laughs> yeah. The guy who runs this, he's, he's been doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> right? He oh, actually, he, how often does he, I mean, he mentioned his name a lot earlier in the season. That that's that's that, the first time I've heard in a while. Good for you, because well, that mean, one went right over my head. <laughs> Guy's working on the power play, so. Yeah. Did really good work with Guy yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Which, Robertson? Which, yeah, which brings up to... Over three minutes of power play time. I don't know if Nick Robertson's ever seen three minutes in the NHL on a power play before. No. My guess is he didn't. Max Domi, I think, just had under three minutes. So what are the odds now that even if the big boys get a sense of urgency here, uh, that it doesn't go back to just being the norm now where these guys go back to being a minute and 45, a minute 50 Saturday night. Will we see Nick Robertson more on a, on a second unit where they go a minute, a minute and 10. Comes I don't want to see Just 10 seconds a minute, left on the power play. I don't, don't want to see a minute, a minute, whatever. And then Nick Robinson's Robertson's unit. I want to see this unit do better. That's what I want to see. So you, you just, that is cold morning. Hey, go big or go home. Well, no, I, I would, I have no problem with some tweaks, but like, you know. I'm sorry if if it looks as bad as it has sure. the last little while. One minute and get your ass yeah. to the bench. Yeah. The um the Nick Robertson point. I know where we've got to get to Gaz here, yeah. but um I want him to play with Matthews and Marner for like three games. Three, maybe five games. I got no problem with that. Why not? Nice no, hasn't done anything. Holmberg hasn't done anything. Bertuzzi no hasn't done anything. That. This guy shot the puck in the net seven times, four times in the last seven games. He's, you know, give him a chance. Yeah. Matthew seems to pass it to him, which is a weird yeah. thing to say, but he seems to defer here and there. Yeah, Matthew's the passing one, very weird. The one thing you got to remember, though, is over the last few years, whatever they've tried there, they've, you know, go back to Nick Ritchie. Uh, go back to anybody. Bigger bodies that can handle the the boards, go Mm -hmm. get the puck, drive the net, create holes. At 5'9", I'm not sure what you think 
he can do besides I think, shoot it in the net eventually? I think it's January, and I think this is not when you're getting teams best, and I think you have no depth scoring, and I think you're just like maybe this guy. Just you give know, me like a chance. Maybe there's a just little give me a chance. And if he heats up and his price goes up, love it. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't, you, you instead of trying to trade an AHL guy, you say, look, he's been in our top six. We've really liked him this he's year. He's got four goals in his past seven games. Yeah. He's really getting hot. I don't know. I mean, at this point, why not? He's, he's worked hard, played hard, can score. Yeah. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll ask uh, Luke Gastic, who joins us, Sportsnet hockey analyst, former National Hockey Leaguer. We'll ask him his thoughts on Nick Robertson getting bumped up to the big line. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. We're back after these words. Your daily dose of everything NFL. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Real Kipper and Born Show. We welcome in Luke Gazdick, who worked the game between Winnipeg and Toronto last night for Sportsnet. Get his thoughts. Luke, how are you, bud? Thanks for joining us. Good, Kip. Barney, how you guys doing today? All right. Are we... Uh, people need to critique a win. Is a win just a win? Two points. Let's move on from last night. Uh, is that what you took out of it? Or uh, besides Samsonov or... Where do you want to start? Oh, where do you want to start? Honestly, I'll, yeah, I'll take the positive, man. It's close, close 0-0 game the whole way. Um, I'll take the positive out of that, that they played in a close game and finally, I know it had to get to regulation, but finally got the job done. Uh, that, that's a positive, but there were certainly a number of things that weren't great. But, man, I had a coach tell us when I was young, uh, he never liked to get after us when we win. I, I generally hate critiquing after after wins because at the end of the day, you get the two points. But there were definitely a couple things that we can have a chat about. Yeah, like uh, maybe the power play was something that we talked a little bit about. I would say um, watching you guys in the broadcast last night, you you had some commentary on the power play, you know, not being sure about the time and place for for the benching. Um, you know, what are your thoughts today as we wake up um, looking at that unit and, uh, you know, the decision by Sheldon Keefe to, to sit those guys down then? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. I am, first and foremost, I, I'm very, very uh, on the side that players should be held accountable, not necessarily for, for their play, but for their effort. I, I'm a big proponent in that. I, I think guys should be held accountable no matter what place you are in the lineup. Um, I understand that if you want to set an example, that's probably the place to do it on a power play, get them where it hurts. I guess if that's, if that's what Sheldon's thinking, that's uh, the biggest spotlight and the biggest opportunity to do it. I just don't personally agree with it in the sense that this is a zero, zero game. You have your 38 goal scorer on the bench. Power play has been a little cold, but is that the right time and place to flex your muscle and uh, preach accountability in that spot? I know that's a tough, it's a tough spot for him, uh, but I, I didn't necessarily agree with the timing, yeah. to be honest. I mean, that could have been their last power play of the game. Like, are, at the end of the day, are you, are you willing to flex your muscle more or like, are you trying to win this hockey game? Yeah. Um, 
That's the thing for me. It's kind of a lose-lose, to be honest, because I get that he wants to do this, but I didn't love the timing. But doesn't the timing, Luke, give you a sense of how pissed off your head coach is that you're willing in a critical game at 0-0? Like, doesn't the message come across that much stronger that you would be willing to risk the game to send this message than doing it when you're up for nothing against San Jose. Yeah, honestly, Kip, I think this is a bigger conversation. I look at the team across the ice that they're playing against last night in the Winnipeg Jets, and I know bonus is fairly hard on them, especially in the media after he has called out his players before, has called out his team before in a very emotional way. But when have you ever heard of Rick Bonus having to bench Shifley, Connor, Ehlers and take them off the power play in the middle of the game? He's done it with Tavares, Domi, Camp now, and now the top line. Like, when have you ever heard, I understand the media scene's a little, a little less there in Winnipeg, but... He's not having to sit down his guys in the first place for effort because effort isn't a question with the Winnipeg Jets. They might not play well every night. The offense might not be there. But effort is one thing you can't question with that team. He'll call them out after, possibly get mad at them in the room, but he doesn't have to sit them down. So I almost think this is a bigger conversation of where is, where's the effort? I, I just... I, I'm not one to critique top players, but I just know that it's a privilege to play on the power play in the NHL. And I think guys forget that sometimes. Guys get a little comfortable. And that's what I saw last night was just guys that look comfortable and they, look, they, they don't look like there's going to be any actions to their consequences. So, or consequences to their actions, sorry. Yeah. You know, one guy who did uh, last night probably appreciate getting some power play time was Nick Robertson. You know, he's a guy he, we were talking a little bit about earlier in the show. I think he played, you say, three minutes last night in the power play? Over three minutes, Over yeah. three minutes on the power play, which I don't know that he's ever spent that the rest of his career combined. You know, I I kind of feel like they got to give this guy a little bit of run, Gaz. I don't know. Like, he's, he's one of the only depth-scoring guys they have. Uh, what do you think about just trying to find some more offense from within and maybe opening up an opportunity to a guy like Robertson? I mean, I like the player. I, I do believe they're showcasing him a little bit right now and giving him more, more than he's had for that reason. But I do like the player. I love that he got out in OT. I, I think that's a, that's a perfect spot to use him a little bit on the power play. I'm glad he shot the puck a little more last night. He was firing from everywhere. But I spent my career coming in and out of the lineup as a fourth-line guy. It is not an easy thing to do. And I can do it, and I did it as a depth player, energy guy, wasn't expected to produce too much offense, had to scrap more often than not. But for a, I would say, more skilled guy like that, like a guy that's job is probably to put up numbers, coming in and out of the lineup is not an easy thing to do. So I feel for him in that way. Like, he hasn't been put in a great spot. I also I will say, with the caveat that he hasn't done himself too many favors, but I think he's earned the opportunity to get a pretty good look here to, to maybe maximize some more, um, some more out, outcome out of him. Look, uh, coming out of training camp, it just seemed like the, the two main question marks were, was the depth on the blue line and, of course, can the goaltending hold up? Uh, right now, you're probably still asking that question, but uh, outside of Samsonov's 
heroic uh, effort last night. But where else do you see uh, the concerns now going between after the All-Star break to the trade deadline for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, man, Borny, I think you mentioned it in your article today. The depth scoring on forward is scary. And to have, I mean, I cover a lot of Edmonton. I've seen this team for the past number of years rely on 97 and 29 to drag them back into hockey games. And now you're seeing a team out West that's getting scoring from all up and down their lineup. And it's equated to a 14 game win streak. And you look at all the guys that aren't scoring down the lineup all the way down to Noah Gregor on the fourth line. I don't know why I picked him as an example. He's just one of the guys that hasn't scored in a while. And I think everyone thought that it was going to be on the back end and the goaltending, which it has been, but offense was never their issue. They didn't have a problem scoring goals. And yes, it still was majorly from the, the core four, but it's a concern to me to not have scoring from anywhere else in your lineup. I've just, I've, I've seen, I know I equate to them again. I just cover them a lot, but I've seen an Oilers team that tried that formula for years and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You, you need a little bit of a more balanced attack, especially at home when you have last change and you have another line that you know can score. It makes it that much more of a two, three pronged attack. Um, that, that's definitely a concern for me, but their, their blue line needs work. I think that's the first and first and foremost, what, tree should probably be going after but the lack of scoring on up front is is a bit of a concern are you surprised that like with the lack of scoring with them not getting any offense from down there that they don't plug ryan reeves back in and just let this guy try to find his footing again given he's on a three-year contract and was there brought in for a purpose once upon a time Mm, yeah really (laughs) (laughs) honestly what's what's the biggest reason why is it is is skating what? Yeah, it's his, and I should be the guy that's sitting here that played a very similar role that he does, and I should be on his side saying, let's get this guy in the lineup and see what he has. But I just, the skating's not there, and it sucks to say because he's uh, got two more years past this, but um, what I knew when I, I was done, I, I don't want to equate this too much to me, but when, when you're not even fast enough to get to your checks, so when we go back to like his St. You know, Louis days, he was eight to 10 hits a game when he was in there. Uh, when you're not even catching up to your checks and then when you get to your check, if you can't get back, it's a tough, it's a tough player to, to use. And there's just, in today's day and age, players are so less intimidated. Like these young kids and the Nick Cousins of the league, they don't care anymore if like Ryan Reeves is in the lineup. And it's, it's so disappointing to even say because I it it event like it kind of pushed me out of it. But they just they don't care about looking over the ice and seeing that Ryan Reeves is there anymore. That intimidation factor is so lost in today's game that I think that was the one thing he had working for him, and it's just not as big of a part of the game today. And I wish he would have come in and in his first ten twelve games had a couple points, had a couple goals, and then you can make the argument. But I mean the numbers and. The underlying stuff speaks for itself, Barney. Just one more thought on that. And I, I don't disagree with you guys at all in terms of just, it just seems some guys can separate themselves from that. Oh, that's not my job. And I'll just keep doing what I'm doing here. But right. is there not an opportunity for some of the kids today to come out of junior or college and kind of reinvent a little bit of that? Because if you're, 
if, if you're if you're Brad Tree living in the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're that desperate for Ryan Reeves, why wouldn't I be a young kid to try to just find a way to kind of reinvent a role with old and new? One hundred percent. I would be scouting, looking for guys. I don't know if I should have even gotten drafted to Dallas in the first place, but I was there for a reason and a role, and I worked my way up from the East Coast to the AHL to the NHL, and I just feel like there's players out there, there's still players out there that can play the Brady Kachuk, Tom Wilson, maybe not be as huge and big as fast as them, that can play depth roles. Throw out some PTO invites to camp, but yeah, you just see less and less of it. It's more of an attitude thing, though, Kip. My last year in the AHL in San Diego, average age on the team was 21 and a half, and I couldn't believe the the way that players came in instantly with entitlement, talked to their coaches, talked to their teammates. There was maybe one or two kids. Sammy Steele's one that comes to mind that I just remember thinking, what a great kid. This got a good head on his shoulders, confident, quiet. Then there are the other five or six that walk around like they've been in the league for 10 years. It's, so for me, it's more of an attitude thing that guys don't even want to do that anymore. But there's still players out there, and I hope we see a couple throwbacks come up through the pipe soon because the old guard is turning over. <laughs> don't no even doubt. get me started on yeah. that conversation. We could do a, a two-hour show just yeah. on that alone. <laughs> I would. Oh, I, would I miss lose. it. I miss it. Well, look, really appreciate your time coming on our show. Uh, you're welcome uh, anytime, pal. Keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks, a good guys. One. Appreciate it. Luke Gazdick, Sportsnet Hockey Analyst. So what are they going to do with Revo? Yeah. Well, do th- they didn't have to make any decision. I, I, we assume that Bertuzzi's continuing on his uh, leave of absence maybe, uh, maybe off the roster. continuing to give birth. Who knows? Maybe it'll the world's longest birth havoc. Will maybe. they have to clear room? Once Bertuzzi comes and... I think they're at 23 active players on the roster. I think something would have to happen, yeah. So presumably in the next day or two, they'll wave someone. I know by puck drop Saturday, I would imagine. I got to think they'd be as comfortable of of, of him clearing waivers as they were uh, weeks ago with yeah. Samsonov. But, and the other side of that is just were someone to claim him, they'd that's be a, like, okay. That's a dream scenario. You know, that, yeah. that, that, that's great. And listen... I just want to reiterate one more time here. I get Brad Tree Living signed him to a three-year contract, but it was always with the thought that if you had to bury it in the Marlies, you can with a minimal hit yeah. on your cap, the mistake was never which means that. that you can cover almost all of it. You just right? one point by January you can bury right. You can bury. 1.1, did you say? Yeah, 1.15, yeah. I think. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal, everyone. Well, and even if you said to a team that has a bunch of cap space or contracts or whatever, hey, you know, will you just take this guy and play him on your AHL team? You know, we'll give you a seventh or something. I'm sure you could arrange something. Yeah. What are you giving away, Sammy, on our show? Big one today, fellas. From February 1st to the 3rd, the All-Stars are in Toronto for the NHL All-Star Weekend, and we'll be giving away tickets to the different events and episodes today and tomorrow. Today we have tickets for the 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star Game, the hottest event in Toronto with Matthews, McDavid, Crosby, and all the league's best players descending on Scotiabank Arena. Really appreciate the the read put Crosby in that list. That's very nice. (laughs) Uh, To enter for a chance to win, text in today's code word, which is ROGERS. To 59590. We'll have one last code word in tomorrow's episode, so be sure to tune in. Today's code word again is Rogers, fellas. Right. Boy. 
How much time do you think the person who comes up with code names spent mm. last night thinking about the code name? They nailed it today. Oh my god! <laughs> like it's. <laughs> they looked up and they're like, "Oh, that." They word saw of the, the building. They saw the side of the building and said, "Oh, I got a great idea." It's kind of like when you got to send someone money and come up with a word, and like oh, the, it's like I, it's a struggle. I mean, if you're still sending money, here's a PSA. If you don't have auto deposit on an e-transfer, yes. you're a psycho. <laughs> but if you don't, you better believe you're answering the most embarrassing question of all time. When I put it in there, like you're getting something you got to answer, you're not happy. Yeah, about. fair enough. Yeah. I like that rule. Yeah. I know we're going to uh, talk about this tomorrow uh, as well, but uh, I can, is there a chance the Leafs can come out of Winnipeg, Winnipeg with three or four points? Three's not S- out of the question. Samsonov could do it. If he's Sammy again, yeah. like he was last night. Well, and can I just say, all this talk about, oh, the depth guys aren't scoring, the depth guys aren't scoring. These are not bad hockey players who are done scoring for their career. Tavares, Tavares isn't depth, buddy. No. Neither, buddy, is, neither is Bertuzzi. Tavares, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That they're not done. Yeah. Like, Tavares had seven shots last night. He was actually by this fancy stats. just needs a bounce. By fancy stats, he was their best expected goals for guy and has been on several occasions recently. Who expected the goals? Yeah, well, apparently John. He <laughs> shot the puck. But it's coming. It's coming. So, yes, maybe they have a game led by Gregor and whoever else is on this team. want to get one or two in before the All-Star break. What are they off? Eight days? Nine yeah. days? Too long for our show. I think it's the 20, 27th to the 5th. They, they're they're going to – you got to get off the schneid here. Stay tuned for our Seattle Kraken hour next week. <laughs> All right. Our, uh, thanks to Luke Gastic uh, for joining us uh, in this hour. We're back on the national show. P.J. Stock, former NHLer, will join us. Of course, the big story tonight, Patrick Waugh, back in Montreal. We'll get P.J.'s thoughts when we return to Real Kipper and Bourne.